Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast. Today, Sefer Amos, Perek Dalad, Chapter 4. And our learning is dedicated to the brave Chaylei Tzavah Haganali Israel for their success and safety for the swift return of all the Khatufim, all of the hostages, and the healing of all the wounded in this war in Gaza. Chapter 3 ended with a warning that the pleasure houses, the ivory palaces, those summer houses and the winter houses of Shomron are going to suffer destruction because of the oppression and because of the lack of social justice in the Northern Kingdom. And chapter four begins on exactly the same theme. Shimu Dvar Hazeh Parat Bashan. Listen, you cows of the Bashan. The Bashan is the Golan. I don't know if you've ever been up to the Golan, but there are lots of cows there. And what do cows generally do all day? Well, they sit around doing pretty much nothing, lolling around, just uh, basking in the sun, sitting and eating and drinking. And that is exactly um, what Amos is talking to about the people of Shomron, in particularly the women of Shomron, who live lives of hedonistic boredom, debaucherous lifestyles, lolling around. All they're interested in is where they'll get their next glass of wine from. So if I go back to chapter four, to chapter four, verse one, Shimu Bashan, listen, you cows of the Bashan, Asher Bahar Shomron, who live in the mountain of Shomron. In other words, these people don't live in the Golan at all. They actually live in Shomron, but they're like the cows of the Golan. Haoshkot Dalim, you oppress the poor. Harotzot Evyonim, you pulverize the needy. Haomrot Adonihem. They say to their husbands, right? bring another case of wine and we will, we will drink. All they're interested in is getting drunk. They're interested in their, um, their just pleasurable lifestyle. They engage in absolutely no meaningful occupation or pursuit. This is the lifestyle. And it continues, Nishba, Shem Elohim God swears by his holy name, because the day will come, and you will be carried away, the exile will take you away. And this is, this is the first opening section of chapter 4. But to be honest, I'm, I'm much more interested in the rest of the chapter. And the rest of the chapter has almost like a, a five-stanza uh, five poem. And what's amazing about this poem, which I'm going to read actually in the English, is that it seems to have a refrain. And the refrain of this poem, time after time, is, shavtem Hashem. You, you didn't return to me, says God. And what God is saying in this poem is, I warned you. I'm going to give you all sorts of uh, punishments, all sorts of nat- natural disasters. And these are all signs for you to, to do tshuva, to repent, to change your lifestyle, to change your national priorities. But you didn't listen. Let's take a look. He says, um, maybe we'll start from verse 4. You came to Beit El and you sinned. You came to Gil- Gilgal 
Those are the places where there are idolatrous shrines. And you sinned greatly. And he continues, he says, and I gave you clean teeth in all your cities. Let me just explain. What are clean teeth? It means that there is a drought or famine and there's not enough food. <laughs> I gave you clean teeth in all your cities. The, cleath, the teeth are clean because they're not eating anything. A lack of bread in all your places. But you didn't return to me, said the Lord. And I held back the rain from you three months before the harvest. I caused the rain to fall on one city and not another. One plot was rained upon and the other one, there wasn't any rain and will wither away. I'll just stop and say, when you have this situation that one place has rain and the other, then people have to migrate to where there is rain. Otherwise, they simply will die of dehydration. So, verse 8, the residents of two or three cities will wander to one city for water to drink, but their thirst won't be, won't be satisfied. Yet, you did not return to me, says the Lord. So that was stage two. Stage one was a sense of famine. Stage two, a stage of uh, a, a sense of dry, drought. Now we're going to deal with some sort of, you know, attacking the agriculture. He says, verse nine, I struck you with blight and mildew, your gardens and vineyards, your figs, fig and olive trees devoured by the locusts. But you didn't return to me. I sent a plague upon you, a epidemic like that which I sent against Egypt. I slew your young men by the sword during the capture of your horses. The stench of your slain camp arises in your noses. So what's happening here? We have the sense of an epidemic, and maybe even more than that, I slew your men by the sword, a military attack. So this is yet another stage. And he says, but you did not return to me, says the Lord. And the last stage I over overturned you as God overturned Sodom and Amorah, right? Remember that our book began with a threat of an earthquake. So I overturned your land like God overturned Sodom and Amorah. You became a firebrand safe from the fire. You literally could only, you know, salvage a few different things, but you did not return to me, said the Lord. What is amazing about this section is that it's incremental. It's in five sections. And what God is really saying to the people is there's an easy way out of all this disaster and this calamity. And that is just to do tshuva, to change your societies, to change your national priorities. And in fact, here we've seen that Amos loves the number seven. We have seven different uh, punishments, so to speak. First, we have famine. Then we have drought. The number three, Shedafon and Yerakon, the blight and mildew, some sort of plague which affects the crops. Then locusts, then Dever, some sort of epidemic. So it's already sounding very, very much like the plagues of Egypt. Then number six, the sword, right? We saw that, the, the notion of the sword. And last, an earthquake. And this is highly reminiscent not only of the plagues of Egypt, but it's also reminiscent of Parshat Bechukotai, the Tochacha, the blessings and curses of the book of Vayikra, which in fact have five different stages of punishment, where the Torah says that if you don't listen to my laws, in Bechukotai Timasu, in Tigal and if you don't listen to, uh, and you sort of you reject my covenant, and then he goes into a list of all the 
disastrous things that are going to happen. Um, but each time it, it sort of stops and he says, But if you still don't listen to me, then I'm going to I'll make it seven times worse. And if you walk with me casually, you don't want to listen to me, then I'll make it seven times worse. And he does this five times. So it's almost as if Amos is riffing off um, the curses of Bukhukotai, which are really sort of a covenantal chapter. There, there's also the, the fivefold uh, iteration. And there, there is also the number seven. And it seems like th- what we're really saying through the, through the lines of this chapter is what Amos is warning the people is that indeed those curses of the Tochacha are going to come true with all of them. And therefore the chapter ends, verse 12, This is what I will do to you. Because of your actions, I will do to you. Prepare to meet your God, O Israel. Um, quite, a, quite a phenomenal phrase. And he finishes and says, I am the God who creates the hills. I am the one who creates the wind. I tell human beings what their conversation is about. I make the morning into the evening. And I tread over the tops of the mountains. Hashem Hashem I am the God whose name is Elohitzvaot, the God of hosts. That is my name, and I will bring destruction unless you change your society. So really, they cannot say they haven't been warned. They've been warned. They've been given a way out, and now all they have to do is change their ways. That's it for today. See you tomorrow.